Thanks for joining us once again here at NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa County has on the books some of the most aggressive and forward-looking environmental rules and regulations in the country. Protection of the ag watershed and the ag preserve have long been built into the DNA of the community. And yet every couple of years, groups of so-called environmental activists decide that the wine industry needs to be punished for its success. And a new effort is made to take on new, punitive, and unworkable environmental regulations. This time around, it's being done in the name of the so-called Watershed and Oak Woodland Protection Initiative. The problem is that it doesn't really protect anything and that the two people behind it have been some of the most outspoken opponents of the wine industry, tourism, and Napa Valley success. A sampling from dozens and dozens of Board of Supervisors meetings will yield a collection of comments from Mike Hackett and Jim Wilson that are counter to every value and every glimmer of success that the county has had. Now, under the false guise of protecting the environment, they're circulating a petition for an initiative that can only do harm to the county. It's totally unnecessary and is opposed by groups that have long been supporters of environmental concerns and regulation. Joining me to help shed some light on all of this is my guest, Rob Anglin. He's from the Holman Teague Law Firm. He has a number of clients that he represents that are strongly opposed to this measure for very good reason. And it's my pleasure to welcome Rob here to NapaBroadcasting.com. Rob, thanks so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me, Jeff. It's great to have you here. You represent a number of, of wine industry, industry groups, and, and other groups that have looked at this pretty carefully and really feel that, that first of all, aside from, from the damage that it might do, it's just not something that's needed given the environmental regulations we currently have in Napa County. Well, that is the position that a lot of my clients uh, feel and have taken. Um, to be clear, I'm legal counsel to the wine growers of Napa County. Uh, they didn't ask me to, to approach you. You asked me to be right. here, and, and I'm happy to be here. Um, I also have numerous clients that either have developed vineyards or operate vineyards or maybe plan to. And, and these clients range from really large companies to really small, uh, you know, what you would consider mom-and-pop operations. Mm -hmm. So they are concerned because the process as it stands is extraordinarily burdensome. Uh, so what we, when we look at the initiatives provisions, what we see is a halt to agriculture in some areas of the county. Uh, and these are areas that are designated as agricultural watershed. You know, their purpose is to provide watershed and agriculture. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the provisions of the initiative, you know, some 18 pages long, would put a halt to that, especially with regard to oak woodlands. And the people that are behind this petition, it's fair to say, have been very outspoken over the years in their opposition to wineries, in, in, even in the ag watershed. I, I would agree that Mr. Hackett and Mr. Wilson both are um, vocal uh, uh, commenters in Napa County. Um, Mr. Hackett especially started uh, commenting in opposition to uh, PUC's plans to develop in the Angwin area, and, and I think he's been very active with Save Rule Angwin. Uh, Mr. Wilson as well has been very vocal, and um, they they have, I, I believe, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say, uh, with specificity what they talk about when they've appeared, but they have been uh, advocating for regulations that would slow down vineyard and winery development in the county. Talk a little bit about the initiative itself. And you, as you say, it's 18 pages long, but for, for the people listening that are not familiar with it, that don't know about it, and that might even hear the, you know, the two-second pitch in the parking lot at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, talk about what the initiative 
actually does, not what the, what the pitch is, but what the, the 18 pages really do. Yeah, and, and I think that's important, Jeff, because on this especially, uh, voters need to educate themselves. Uh, I, I think in addition to listening to the radio, listening to, to this interview, um, it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, as ballot measures can be sometimes to figure out what the changes are because the you know the short pitch you get in front of Rayleigh's uh, doesn't tell you everything you need to know. Uh, the the initiative has two main themes. Uh, the f one of which is that it creates a new definition of stream. We've had a definition of what a stream is in Napa County for over 20 years. But now we'll have a new definition and, and we're going to have stream buffers from those newly defined streams and we cannot remove any trees within those buffers so the newly defined streams will be everything from what you would consider the napa river obviously uh all the way down to any any depression that carries water downstream to a larger stream and that could be that could be something that we would kind of think of as a ditch um, so that's it's a broader definition of stream and from these newly defined streams we won't be able to remove any trees whatsoever so that's going to have an impact on what people can develop with their property now there are exceptions uh, and I think the proponents would say well Rob's overstating it he's you know you can remove trees in those stream buffers and that's true you can remove them for things like solar panels or electric vehicle charging stations but you can't remove them for vineyard uh, and then the second theme of the initiative is to prohibit the removal of oak woodlands, except in very, very limited circumstances. And after what they call the oak removal limit is reached. And this oak removal limit, I think, is being promoted by the initiative's proponents as something that, well, this is what the general plan it has anticipated for vineyard development through 2030. So that's why we put in this 795 acre oak removal limit. You're allowed to have that much. And then after that, we're done. Arguably, we've had, seven, we've had more than 795 acres of oak removal just from the recent fire. Well, that is, that is um, certainly something that is a question in my mind. And it's an, at this point is an unanswerable question. I think PG&E officials told our Board of Supervisors that they're going to have to remove some 25,000 acres of trees uh, spread out through multiple counties, and they couldn't define which how many trees would come out of Napa County. And um, so we're not sure how many of those trees uh, will be fire damaged and have to be removed, uh, 795 acres. The initiative, of course, was crafted before our fire uh, firestorm recently, and it does not accommodate uh, acts of God, or th that phrase doesn't right. appear in the initiative. So, so in fact, the initiative would not take into account at all, even within the confines of the limitations of the initiative, any of the damage from the recent fire. That would all have to get included, which would be more regressive in terms of the impact that it has on the community. Uh, that's correct, Jeff. It would include fire damaged trees that are removed. Mm -hmm. That would be in the oak removal limit of 795 acres. Additionally, the initiative's proponents say that the 795 acres was based on the needs of vineyard, but it encompasses any removal that's for residential development. Um, I've worked on projects where uh, property owners need to cut a road to where they want to build a house. They remove oak woodlands as part of that process. They get a permit to do it. Now that 
removal for residential purposes will count against a limit that was designed for agriculture. Mm -hmm. And residences typically are a lot easier to build in Napa County than vineyard, which a vineyard process, even for very small vineyards, takes a year or more. Sometimes a lot more, (laughs) as you well know. Certainly, no. I think the fastest, as far as a project that qualifies for an environmental impact report or an EIR, the fastest I've ever seen Napa County uh, review and approve one of those is about three and a half years. So in many ways, the initiative has the unintended consequences of making it easier to remove oak woodlands for residential use than than for vineyards, which is totally counter to what's been the policy uh, since the Ag Preserve. It does. It does make it easier. I wouldn't say it makes it easy, though, because one of the important points that folks, even if they're unconcerned with agriculture, should note in the initiative is that the removal of 10 or more oak trees would require a conditional use permit. And we're familiar with this permit permit process from wineries. Well, now you could do it for your home. So we could see a lot of oak removal permits at the Planning Commission if this initiative passes. Mm -hmm. And what impact would that have in terms of of backing up permits, the impact that it would have on the county? Well, I I think that... uh, you know, we'll have a shift. Anytime you create a whole new permitting scheme uh, that's subject to environmental review and is discretionary, you're adding an extra burden on the county planners who are trying to process those projects. Um, I think that it will stop folks from building homes on their property or slow them down, or it will make it so that only people with a very significant amount of money can pursue that. And that's that's becoming the case in Napa County more and more. As we add regulations, it's, it's really adding cost to what people can do. Um, and that cost can be prohibitive mm-hmm. for some folks. Right. Talk a little bit about the time frame of this initiative, because there seems to be some confusion as to within the context of this number, this acreage number, of over how long a period of time. Within well, that would be the 795-acre right. number? Right, that, that number, um, as it was calculated, is supposed to take us through... 2030, according to the initiative's proponents. It's an undersized Mm -hmm. number for a couple of reasons, a couple of which I've alluded to. But more importantly, it doesn't match what the general plan, uh, the general plan's prediction for how many oak woodlands we would need to remove to get to 10 to 12,000 acres of vineyard. Uh, It's actually undersized. It's by probably about 4,000 acres. The general plan's EIR actually has acreage numbers, and they range from 2,500 to 5,000. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, hard to know exactly how much because all of these properties are site-specific, and we don't, until the vineyards are planned, right. we don't know what's coming out. So um, the time frame, I think, is shorter than the initiative's proponents uh, are suggesting. I think we're going to get there a lot faster than 2030. Um, we may be already be there or close. And the difference, I think, in looking at the general plan and saying uh, that we're planning for this much oak woodland to come out for vineyard is that our general plan takes us to 2030, at which time we would plan again for the next time frame going forward. The initiative doesn't look past that. Right. The initiative says we're done. Right. And, and would ultimately be in place for forever. That's correct, unless altered by the voters of Napa County. And that's an important distinction, too, because when we, uh, when we approved Measure J uh, in 1990 and then uh, extended it through Measure P, uh, which I believe runs through now 2058, there are, there, are, there are deadlines on that. We say this is our policy, and it will be our policy for a long time, but not for forever, uh, because we want to give ourselves the ability to adjust. And the other thing I'd say is that 
this initiative, the, the Oak Woodland and Watershed Initiative, is not a logical extension of Measure J. Measure J protected agriculture, and this initiative prohibits it. The other overlay to all of this, we talked about the fire in terms of acreage and damage and removal as a result of the fire. But in fact, we also saw during the fire that vineyards in many cases and that agriculture was a great fire break, that it was a great uh, source of protection for a lot of places. Well, certainly, because the the vineyards have a cover crop that's maintained. Um, you know, they're, they're pruned every year. Uh, and wildland fire stopped in many cases uh, where the vineyards were and, and my understanding and of course we've all heard a lot of stories coming right. out of the out of the firestorm mm-hmm. um, and I've heard many stories of folks sheltering in vineyard uh, until they could be rescued mm-hmm. and we saw in many cases where the fire burned down to a vineyard and maybe burned into a couple of rows and then just stopped I mean they've just it doesn't provide the sufficient fuel yeah what I've, what I've heard is three rows in right that's right. <laughs> what I've heard and and you can see it as you drive uh, as you drive through Carneros uh, you can see where the fire burned down the hill and stopped at the vineyard. Mm-hmm. As people hear about this initiative, as they're trying to gather signatures and paid signature gatherers out there have their little pitch, the little spiel that they do in the shopping centers, and they hear this is for, oh, it's such a good cause, it's going to protect the oaks and protect the wildland, and isn't this a good thing here, sign here, protect the environment. Talk a little bit about how people can, can respond to that, how people can understand that in a way that is as clear and simple as the fake pitch that they're hearing for it. Well, I, I think what to, what to remember is what are you saving uh, the watershed from? Uh, because right now we have clean water. Our cities uh, maintain our watersheds and our municipal water supplies, and there's not been any problem with those. Um, the city of Napa is working with Napa County to see if there could be a problem from vineyard development in the hillside areas. And they're actually going to find out the answer instead of trying to look for a solution first. Um, so I think that I would remember that agriculture is important to our community. It's important to jobs in our community. And there is a balance between agriculture and the environment that we've struck for a long time. And we can continue to do so but not if we prohibit agriculture in large portions of our county. Right. And I want to come back to, to a point that I made earlier, and this is something that you deal with every day with your clients, the amount of, of rules and regulations, environmental rules and regulations, that are already in place in Napa County. Oh, most certainly. It, when you develop a new vineyard, you know we're hearing from initiative proponents that we want to stop sedimentation and pesticide and those things. Vineyards today are designed, and they must be designed, so that sediment cannot increase off the vineyard. Uh, Very technical engineering reports go into it. There are um, studies from biologists, hydrologists, uh, that are vetted and reviewed by county officials. And as I said, it's a very lengthy and long process, and I can't think of a client who's gone through it and said, well, that was easy. It is not right. the case that it's easy. It goes through a full environmental review, every single vineyard project on slopes greater than 5% in our county. Um, and it, it's extensive and thorough. And there are reams and reams of documents, even for something as small as a five-acre vineyard. Talk a little bit about the impact. If, if this measure were to actually be passed, if they got the requisite signatures and, and got it passed, the practical impact that, that you see that it would have on development of vineyards and agriculture here in Napa County? I think that we'll see um, far, far fewer vineyard projects in our hillsides. 
that w- that avenue and that that agricultural land will be lost. And and it's important to remember when I say hillsides, I'm not talking something greater than you know they're not steep, right. s- super steep slopes. Uh, you know, you can only go up to 30% grade uh, with a vineyard project. You can't go over that in, in our permitting environment. There's some legal possibilities, but practically, you, practically you'll, not. Right. you'll never get it. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about slopes from between 5 and, and 30%. Um, so, you know, more rolling hillsides, not, not steep cliffs. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see fewer of those projects. Uh, we'll see... F- um, people who are trying to use their land uh, faced with an extraordinary burden and cost. So um, people who want to develop a residence or a family home, they will have a really hard time. Uh, but the vineyard component of it will be significantly hampered if not stopped. So mm-hmm. the, only, the only areas that will be left will be maybe some chaparral, uh, grasslands if those are available. That'll be the type of vineyard project that we'll see going forward if this passes. Mm-hmm. Does it have equal impact on those that that have vineyards already and may want to expand into additional areas? Well, certainly. So if you had a 20-acre vineyard, say, and you thought there was five acres, you know, to the left or the right Right. that you could develop, that will be foreclosed from you once that oak removal limit is reached. Mm -hmm. And, And talk a little bit about the concerns you hear from your clients, from the community, and the fact that so many people, including environmental groups, including groups, you know, that that in the past have been very supportive of environmental regulations are opposing this measure. Well, there are some organizations that that have opposed it. Wine Growers of Napa County has officially announced its opposition. Uh, The Napa County Farm Bureau has officially announced its opposition. the initiative's proponents initially were working with the Napa Valley Vintners. Uh, the Napa Valley Vintners um, released a statement saying that they were suspending their work and what they suggested was a collaborative process in which Mr. Hackett and Mr. Wilson could work with other, uh, with the Vintners and with other concerned groups to resolve those concerns. And Mr. Hackett and Mr. Wilson walked away from that. Yeah, they don't uh, work and play well with others, as they say. <laughs> well, and, and they've said that, that it was too hard to work with uh, stakeholders in the community. They were having a hard time. They, they could not get any traction uh, on what they wanted to do. Uh, by working with other people in the community, so they're going it alone. Rob Anglin, I thank you so much for coming in and uh, shedding some light on all of this. It's very helpful. No, it's been my pleasure, Jeff. Thank Thank you. you.